0: Welcome to the State of Energy. I'm Randy DeWitt along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. And Tom, happy Veterans Day week.
1: Yes, what a great week. I actually have my, my son home from the Marines right now. So I got a, I got a veteran in the house. So uh, thanks. thank you everybody for your service.
0: Thank you very much. And folks, if you've, uh, you know, Uh, come across a soldier, whether you're buying yourself lunch, or getting gas, or buying a cocktail, you know what? Buy one for that soldier, or those soldiers that are there with you. Uh, They deeply appreciate it, and we need to do even more for our veterans. So thank you all of our veterans uh, for your service. And the State of Energy brings you everything you need to know about God's favorite fuel, propane. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> what's more godly than being clean abundant affordable and American
1: oh boy what, so what are the what are the 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 uh, thre, the, the four, the four, the four commandments. propane commandments
0: thou must be clean thou must be abundant thou must be affordable and thou must be American very nice. Thank you. Because uh, on this show, uh, we're going to show you how propane can improve your life. Um, Go to thestateofenergy.com. You can find out where the closest place you can get propane is by simply typing in your zip code. You can find a propane job. Listen to past episodes of this world-renowned propane show. 28 countries, 317 cities. That's is the state of energy, Tom. That's nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. 28 countries worldwide. We're listened to around the world. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to start doing this show in Mandarin, which is odd, Um, (laughs) but we'll figure it out. Uh, But Tom, we do live in a time of uncertainty. I think that's a a good way to put it. Do we have a president? Do we know? Recounts and lawsuits are going on. Do we have a COVID vaccine? If so, when and how are they going to distribute it? Uh, will it make us grow a third foot out of our foreheads? Will this vaccine do that? Um, will there be another Deadpool movie (laughs) in a time of uncertainty? Propane is certainly there for you.
1: Well, that's a stretch. Yeah, that's man. You, You know, realistically, if, if you're, if you're sitting at your business right now and you're, you're listening to all the different, uh, noise about clean energy, Uh, whether it's wind or solar, if it's electricity, electrify everything. You hear a lot of different options about what's really clean. Is it coal? Is it electricity? Is it diesel? Is it biodiesel? I'm here to tell you right now, you don't have to be worried about choosing propane because it's clean. It's American. It's abundant. And we've got a whole nother aspect of renewable propane so if you want to try to, to really clean up your carbon footprint, and you're, you're in this uncertain world about choices that you need to make for your business
0: or your family for a clean fuel, propane's the way to go. Propane can do that. Propane can definitely do that. And Tom, in a year of uncertainty, uh, our friends at Perk, something else, because I'm relatively new to the propane world, um, but everyone in the propane industry are just quality, good people. They're about helping people. And uh, PERC is doing this. Uh, the Propane Education and Research Council is offering to help agriculture operations impacted by the California wildfires. And uh, the, uh, people that uh, producers that were affected by the wildfires in California are eligible for up to $10,000 toward propane-powered equipment through PERC. Um, and for a limited time people need to go to sign up for the propane farm instead of program you can find out more about that at propane.com uh, it's a tremendous program and another example of why the people in the propane industry are such great people helping each other
1: yeah that's a great program uh, if if you're affected by the wildfires uh, take advantage of this the wildfires are were devastating to the western United States and uh, jump on the propane.com website and uh, take advantage of these opportunities.
0: And we got another great story. A record high twenty thousand plus propane autogas school buses will be transporting students in the United States this school year. And for the first time ever, uh, it's more than twenty thousand autogas buses uh, are going to be uh, uh, shipping our kids to school and private schools uh, and also public schools across the United States. And the new data shows that propane autogas school buses are being implemented on a national scale since twenty twelve. There's been a 960% growth in the number of propane auto gas school buses on the road in the U.S. I mean, more than a million students in 48 states. This is great news.
1: Yeah. If your school district is not on board with this uh, clean fuel for your students to to ride to school in, get in touch with your school district let them know hey we we want a cleaner environment for our students to ride to school in a quieter environment we want a better fuel choice uh that's more cost effective than diesel cleaner than diesel and will clean up your community and save your school district some money
0: and you also have some information about an lpg ship the first one that's taking off
1: yeah this week's been full of great propane news Um, But there's there's also the world's first uh, it's called a very large gas carrier. So it's one of these big ships that are that it's hauling fuel around the world. There's there's tons of these ships, but the very first propane powered ship uh, is going to clean up the sulfur oxides emissions by 97 percent. Wow. So, yeah, big, big news uh, for for the shipping industry. You can only imagine how how slow one of these humongous thousand foot ships are are cruising around the ocean, and uh, they they use a lot of fuel, and we need these goods, and we need this, we need what they're hauling around the world. So if they can do it cleaner, it's just a win win for everybody.
0: And you can find out more about what propane can do for you by going to thestateofenergy dot I'm Randy Witt. That's Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. And uh, Tom, let's bring in our guest. Michael Baker is the Director of Legislative Affairs for the National Propane Gas Association. And now Michael leads the association's federal legislative advocacy efforts on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. He collaborates with both Democrats and Republicans in the House of Representatives and the Senate to advocate for the most crucial issues impacting the propane industry. And before this, Michael served as the chief clerk for the House of Representatives committees on ways and means for nearly eight years. And Michael was raised just outside of Detroit, Michigan and attended Western Michigan University. Go Broncos! Michael, welcome to the State of Energy.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me on today.
0: Very happy to have you, and uh, we're very happy to uh, have you share your wealth of knowledge with all of our listeners around the world. Um, And uh, and Michael, we've been talking, we're in an age of uncertainty. Um, You know, from your position, what you're seeing in our country today, you know, whether we have a president or not, you know, where the Senate's going to go, so much in politics. What is it, what are you seeing? What is it from your perspective?
2: Yeah, I think it's just unprecedented times. Uh, That goes without saying, I think everybody uh, has at least caught a little piece of uh, the news cycle. And, you know, I think if there's one story coming out uh, of the headlines or not coming out of the headlines, it's the fact that polling, uh, pre-election polling was so off. um, And it's made it very difficult for us to understand uh, what's coming down the road in the future. And um, you know, we all rely on these polls for for a lot of different things. Uh, businesses make decisions based on uh, who's going to be uh, in power, and so yeah, polling is uh, a challenging thing for us. Um, you know, we we look at it, and you know, we we expected another blue wave like we uh, saw back in 2018, and the blue wave just never came. I think. Uh, Republicans uh, outperformed in almost every single metric, whether it's in the House or the Senate.
0: Or even the White House. He did better than they were predicting, <laughs> maybe at the very least. Yeah, you know, hesitant to go there. You know, I, I think uh, we
2: all just need to be patient for a little bit longer and allow the process to play out. And uh, I think, at least for purposes on this uh, this call, I'm going to avoid conspiracy theories <laughs> <laughs> and such. And, and, and just look at the numbers. I think it looks like, uh, you know, uh, Vice President uh, Joe Biden is going to win uh, this election. I don't think that there's much uh, recourse for for Donald Trump. Uh, There will be uh, a number of recounts, whether that's Michigan, Wisconsin. uh, um, But I just don't see a path forward for uh, Trump to to come back and. Uh, retain the presidency
0: and that's something And you mentioned something very interesting about the polls and a lot of times and that's the thing about having these time zones because if all of a sudden people in the west are seeing what's happening in the east and it looks like it's going a certain way uh, and they're making uh, judgments on election day by the time it gets to michigan wisconsin arizona it can change votes yeah yeah
2: absolutely and you know the challenge with this election compared to to prior elections or historical elections uh, is the number of mail in ballots compared uh, comparatively and you know we were told up front that uh, a lot of Donald Trump supporters were going to vote in person on election day and we were told up front that a lot of uh, Biden supporters were going to vote by mail. And uh, the result of that uh, means that on election night, the map's going to look awfully red. Um, And as the days tick by and weeks tick by, uh, you're going to see those numbers change. Um, And so that's a difficult thing to do, especially when uh, we've been talking about uh, voter fraud and all different types of things. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of Biden mail-in votes coming from Beijing. Was that odd? (laughs) I'm kidding folks. I'm kidding. Uh, Let's not get angry now. I'm just messing around. folks. We're having fun.
2: (laughs) It's hard to weigh in on that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, historically could have uh, affected how folks would vote on the West coast, but, uh, Republicans should be happy about their performance given, uh, the challenges of having Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, whether you're a fan or not a fan of him. Uh, it's, he's definitely a polarizing figure. And, uh, it, you know, I think Republicans did well considering.
1: Especially right here where our shows is, is, uh, you know, the state of energy, but we also represent the Rocky mountain area, um, we were we were pretty happy to see Steve Daines uh, got to hold hold the Senate up in Montana, and and there was a little flip here in Salt Lake City with the the House uh, Burgess Owens Owens yeah Owens yes the uh, football player <laughs> takes over McAdams yeah uh, so and that that's pretty controversial here in Salt Lake I'm sure there'll be uh, I haven't seen a, him concede yet but. That
2: race has not been called yet. I think the it, it folks are really looking for kind of the definitive source for for whether uh, an individual race has been called. But once the Associated Press makes the call, more or less that that is that is the the defining source. Yeah, and they they have not called that race yet.
1: So so let's jump into a little bit about what you do there in Washington D.C. for the propane industry for clean fuel for the environment is there anything that you guys are working on that's exciting or anything that you've accomplishments that you guys have made recently that would be good the, you know for the general public to know that that hey we you know we got clean energy choices and propane's one of them and here's what we're doing to help give you these choices
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, you know, I think this really goes back to two years ago, the 2018 elections. Uh, there was a hundred new members of Congress. Uh, there was a majority change in the House of Representatives. Uh, the Republicans that had held a majority for uh, eight years had uh, turned over control to, to Democrats. We had a bunch of new members, and frankly, we just there was a, a, a lot of knowledge that was gone. it went out the door. and so the biggest challenge we had going back to you know early two thousand and nineteen is going out into congressional districts that had uh, significant propane operations and educating those members uh, of Congress and their staff on the benefits uh, of our fuel. So we've spent the better part of two years doing that, and that has played out very well for us in a number of different policy silos. And I can kind of talk about three of them. The first one is in tax. As some people may be or may not be aware, there's a, a current tax incentive available for folks who use propane as an auto fuel. The alternative fuel tax credit provides a 37 cent per gallon excise tax credit on the sale of propane when used in an automotive vehicle and so this is a great incentive and it allows people to say they're on the say a school system is uh on the fence as to whether or not they want to buy some propane buses or they want to buy diesel buses this incentive can be something that pushes them over the edge so uh, we got that credit extended through the end of 2020 uh last year which is good news but bad news is it expires in uh, just over a month so we'll be working on that again but uh, you know we expect that credit to be worth uh, over 500 million dollars over three years so that's a a huge incentive for our industry appropriations um, our industry had historically not really gone after federal funding dollars for different uh, research and development projects and so last year we really went after this process and, and said, we're, you know, we're interested in seeking money through uh, the Department of Energy uh, for things like vehicle engine technology, uh, super efficient uh, heating systems, so combined heat and power systems. And so we went through last year and uh, were successful in, in getting some of that money. And this year, actually, some of those projects were awarded. Uh, I believe the number was almost $10 million worth of projects. And this year, we expanded those requests. So, you know, we view this, the appropriations process, as the future uh, of the propane industry. We're really looking further down the line, not something that we're going to see today or tomorrow, and not something that's going to go directly into the pockets of our marketers, but uh, something that will be an incentive to keep the industry uh, around much longer in the future. Third area is transportation. We're really seeking um, opportunities for Grant funding opportunities for refueling infrastructure. I think, as you guys talked about, propane autogas is a, a clean alternative to traditional transportation fuels. And um, we're working through uh, a clean corridors program, which uh, is a, a grant program that creates $350 million for refueling infrastructure for uh, electric and hydrogen, and we've done some great work with House Democrats to get propane included uh, as uh, eligible fuel for that. So, those are just a couple things that that we're working on that we've had success on. And you know, there's a there's a laundry list of, of items that we're always trying to uh, to to uh, work on and accomplish. But um, that's just kind of a, a short list.
1: You talked about a little bit about the uh, tax credits for switching your fleet or your school bus to run on propane and just to give an idea to the listeners you said it'll be worth somewhere around 500 million in the whole scheme of tax credits that is such a small drop in the bucket compared to somebody like tesla who alone got 200 two and a half billion for just one company we're talking about a whole entire industry that's going to the, these tax credits go to the, the user of the propane, so it's it's not it's not very much. And there's the electric industry alone gets billions and billions and billions of dollars in in tax incentives and credits. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Do you have any knowledge on that about you know how how lopsided uh, the act, the clean energy uh, credits are?
2: yeah I mean I think, in general, as you look at it, emerging technologies are always going to be more heavily subsidized, and it is the government's way to prop up industries of the future and unfortunately um, you know policymakers tend to favor um certain industry or certain certain fuel types, and you know depending if you're a Republican or a Democrat, there are winners and losers and so Yeah, um, the electric vehicle industry uh, is uh, the recipient of a a number of different tax incentives, and uh, they are seeking in in current proposed legislation uh, even more incentives. And, you know, I think if I can be honest, Tom, I think that the propane industry uh, doesn't want any incentives we don't want incentives we think our our fuel has a path forward on its own uh, but that is in a market where nobody gets incentives and i think that that's kind of where where we stand is that you know if there were no incentives i think we would be really happy but given the fact that there other industries or or other fuel types are so heavily subsidized uh, you know the government is is picking winners and losers and uh, it really forces us to to ask for those incentives so that we can compete in the market.
1: And when it comes to winners and losers for your energy choice here locally in your community, do you got any advice for a listener when you, you see different cities join into like a fossil free uh, community, uh, you know, a fossil free initiative? Do you have any in, in advice for them to to get energy? choices
2: yeah I, I think before i go there i just want to say and hopefully i don't get too far on a tangent here <laughs> yeah i know i know the, the rabbit hole's deep uh but
0: run go with it we, we
1: our show's only 30 minutes here so we, you know yeah. <laughs> just kidding. no
2: i i think you know when you when you think about things like um electric vehicles what most people don't understand is what powers your electric vehicle you know, it doesn't cool. doesn't run. It doesn't <laughs> run on fairy dust. Uh, you know, sixty sixty five 65 percent or, or two thirds of the electric grid nationwide uh, runs off of fossil fuels. And so um, that's just something that people don't really understand. They look at their tailpipe and they say there's no emissions. And the fact is, those emissions are coming from somewhere. And policymakers, I think are not doing the country a service by only calculating the emissions from the tailpipe. And I think that's one of the things that we're really working hard on is to say, let's look at this from a full fuel cycle analysis to understand what is the full energy impact uh, uh, of a fuel source.
1: I see a lot of states and communities restricting your choice for your clean energy. And I've seen a couple states like, um, arizona that they did the ban the ban right because they were going to put a ban on on fuel on fossil fuels and so i see some states that are that are recognizing this and saying hey we can't we can't just ban everything and go to electric because electric is not that clean so i've seen uh, the ban the ban uh, programs i just want to know if you if you knew anything more about that
2: yeah, we know we know a lot about that. That that happens mostly at the state level, and um, that's not uh, something at, at the federal level yet, although we do look to some uh, some states across the nation, which really are kind of, if you're looking at progressive policymaking, are really uh, an indication of things to come, and so we certainly watch that closely. And, you know, f- from our perspective, we really favor an all-of-the-above-energy approach, which is... You know, look at emissions, look at the full picture and, and make a decision. And I think uh, if you're you're being fair about all of that, I think propane is a fantastic story to tell. I mean, you guys went through this at the beginning of the show We're a uh, domestically produced clean energy. We have an abundance. Uh, we have an uh, abundant source and supply. So, uh, you know, propane has a great story to tell and you know you look at places like arizona you know can an electric bus even run in 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 the arizona heat can it run uh in the minneapolis cold um you know some of these uh energy sources just aren't going to be uh really effective in certain places and don't get me wrong i'm going to throw in here towards uh, towards electric if you live in the pacific northwest and you have super clean energy um Okay, that's great. I think that when you're looking at your emissions profile, it makes sense to transition into an electric car. But if you live in, say, the state of Ohio, where, you know, over 75% of your energy comes from fossil fuels, I think you might want to reconsider your options.
0: Michael Baker is the director of legislative affairs for the National Propane Gas Association. Michael, thank you very much for joining us on the State of Energy and sharing your wealth of knowledge.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on today. You know, propane is uh, has a great story to tell, and if we're calculating emissions equally and fairly, that uh, you know our energy source can play a play a role in
0: you know, America reaching its carbon reduction goals. So we look forward to having you on again very soon.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come look in your closet for those missing ballots.
0: in <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Michael, thank you very much. We are the state of energy. That's Tom Clark, executive director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. I'm Randy Witt, and we're always online at the state of